Good morning, good morning, good morning to you. Welcome in, everybody, to the Haven Podcast. You could be listening to anything else in the world right now, but you are listening to me, and I appreciate that. I hope you all are having or had an amazing weekend and an even better work week on tap. I'm feeling focused this episode, I have to say. Um, more of a clarity could be the fish oil I've been consuming. Um, pill form, not just literally a, a thing of vat, if you will, of fish oil that I'm drinking and sipping on. Or it could be this delicious cold brew sponsored. This week's TV and movie focus episode of the Haven Podcast is sponsored by Starbucks Cold Brew. You can get it in the stores. It's delicious. No, they're not really a sponsor, but uh, damn, right, I'm going to whore myself out if I can get free cold brew delicious i love it so what do we have on tap this week believe it or not it is not as much of a filler episode as we tend to have here or the last couple of weeks it feels like (laughs) but yeah we got some good stuff but before we jump into that um i am just on a personal note i have to share i see the light at the end of the tunnel um as i've said the wife and i are in the process of moving to a new town um new job for me, things of that nature. Very, very fun and exciting things coming down the pike. And and everything's going really, really well and, and um, no complaints as of yet. But I am Greek, so I'm sure I will complain about something. Now, with that said, I did put quite a bit of dent, I felt, into the packing processes yesterday and went to the local Goodwill to donate a couple of stuff. And no, I'm not just saying that to make it sound like I'm a good person. I just had a bunch of stuff that we don't use anymore and haven't used for months on end that I'm sure someone else could, you know, and I didn't even ask for a a little tax tag or whatever the fuck it's called, probably because I don't know what the name of it is and they just look at me sideways. But um, again, not because I'm trying to play up any points with the audience of how much of a great person I am. (laughs) But my point being, go there. It is a freaking laundry line, like just insane what's going on. And of course, you know, uh, I wish they had a did a better job of telling you what you can and can donate because they pretty much took out ninety nine percent of what I brought, which is great. But then I did, what's the word I'm looking for? How can I phrase this? In my goal to donate, I did something a little fucked up. That's right. I'm going to share this all with you because I have no shame. So I get there, I unload everything, going super great. Guy's super nice over there. And I have this tote bag full of goodies and (laughs) I have this knife block set full of beautiful, gorgeous knives. Again, we're just not utilizing. I don't need a knife for bread. I don't need a knife to cut skinny bread. I don't need a knife for carving uh, chicken bones. It's just something I don't do. So a lot of tools that I am not making use of. So, hey, I thought I'd go ahead and give that. So the guy says to me, whoa, buddy, you can't donate knives. Makes sense to me now that I think about it right now in this moment. But um, in the course of the confusion, I had quite a bit of bags to donate. I may or may not have intentionally in said confusion left that bag of knives there. So I'm sorry. um, Probably I know a very dick move on my part, but at least that wasn't like the fucking lady in front of me. It's like, lady, there's we are 12 cars deep. She gets out and I, I couldn't hear what the topic of the item being donated and its confusion was. But she decided this would be the most appropriate time in an attempt to negotiate with the goodwill minimum wage employee. Hey, 
let's negotiate what I'm donating. And in the process, held up the line for another good eight to nine minutes. Again, there is 12 cars behind me that I counted. And I'm okay with counting, but I think I can go up to 12. I feel comfortable with that assessment. But at least I didn't do that. But I still did kind of a dick move of leaving it there. Recognizing and abusing, I think is an appropriate use of the word, the situation and leaving the knives there. So my apologies to Rob, I don't know if that's your name, to the Goodwill part-time employee for doing that. And I left you the knives, but you got a bunch of other goodies out of it. But that's not why you listen. You listen for the latest and greatest occurring in the world of TV and movies. And we got some stuff on top. Very excited to go over. Now, real quick, before we get into like the main first topic of it, I want to touch on it a little bit. I have been seeing on the interwebs that reactions, reviews, if you will, are starting to come out for the upcoming latest Spider-Man film, Far From Home. And people seem to really be enjoying it, liking it, which I love and I'm excited for this movie. I think it can go one of two ways. Marvel can play it safe, which I think is what they're going to do. But they're teasing it in a way as if it's going to be like, oh, we're going to shake shit up with this movie. I think coming off the heels of Endgame... They're not going to do that, even though as a fan, I would love to see them do that. Like play it, like be risky about it. Take some risks with this. Um, Definitely keep shaking it up because there's certain things you can introduce in this movie and not have it be the focus, of course, that makes sense to some of the plot holes that were laid out within the confines of Endgame. That goes to the whole Mysterio thing coming in and saying, hey, um, you know, the whole snapping create a lot of issues tears in the world um alternate dimensions coming together and clashing and leaking into your guys's worlds stuff of that can be really cool and interesting very comic booky but if done and done correctly can be very exciting and it it helps take it to another level that you're looking to do because how else do you as marvel up the ante and keep this this progression going up of holy crap these marvel movies are not going to be boring and stale and take it to that other level that I, I think I'm hoping they do. So we'll see. I, I'm more than willing to be surprised and walk out of that theater like, fuck yeah. It was a kick-ass movie and they went for it. That's what I'm hoping for with this. So that, that's kind of how my mindset is going with this movie. And that's great. I'm glad people are enjoying it. Because there is something to me. And I need to go back and watch Homecoming again, and I, I will, with because it releases July 3rd. We're going to go see it, um, or July 2nd, like really late, Spider-Man Far From Home comes, or Homecoming, uh, Far From Home comes out. So we're going to go early on the 3rd, the morning of, to go see it. Very excited, like I said. But there is something about Marvel with them taking the reins on Spider-Man that introduces it. And it could just be the Spider-Man jingle, and I don't know if the way they shot it is a certain way. It's just the way they present it where they recognize and know full well that Spider-Man is a different type of superhero, even in the just the realm of Marvel and the MCU. There's a lightness to it almost. There's a, a, a hope, a feeling of hope they can do with this character. And now we have Tom Holland, who for me personally is an incredible Spider-Man. He just hits every, checks every box for me that I would look for in a, in a Peter Parker Spider-Man. And Marvel does a great job, in my opinion, just through one movie and what we've seen him in in the Avenger films of being so hopeful of, I don't know, just adding this different gravitas, this different feeling to it. And and it's very refreshing. So that's my hope for it. 
Now, the thing is, I want to know how these assholes get to see this movie so freaking early. That's my first thing. Like, if I could ever get this podcast to a level where I can be that asshole that does a podcast on remote at E3 and or a premiere, I will do that in a heartbeat and I will retire. I will never do this again because I've hit my goals. Believe it or not, I wasn't just the Lance Bass like from NSYNC for his film. <laughs> but with that said, we're starting to see more information kind of off the heels because it's all promotion building up for uh, Far From Home and, and makes sense, right? But we're starting to see a lot of conversation um, last week alone or this past week, I, I think I should say, uh, with Kevin Feige talking with media about hey are we finally going to see um venom and spider-man come together on screen in a way that's connected to these new characters and referring to tom hardy's venom and that shit show of a movie and feige basically said like hey it's not up to us it's up to sony and that sort of like so then in the news we had it from a couple different people um and my initial reaction is Sony is going to find a way to fuck this up because it's Sony. They don't really understand these characters or this property or this IP. And even with Marvel in the full, they're kind of, it seems like they're keeping them at arm's reach instead of saying, you know what? Fuck it. Here's Spider-Man and all his rogue gallery and everything associated with them. Here you go, Marvel. Here's the ticket. Do what it is you do with it. And we'll have a similar uh, partnership in terms of how we make money off of the movies as we did with homecoming. So Amy Pascal, who's kind of the quarterback of everything Spider-Man within the Sony umbrella when it comes to the movies, you know, she was asked about this and she made some comments where it was like, oh, we got to get Venom in a good spot where he can stand alone on his own. He's like a Venom movie can stand on its own two feet. Same with Spider-Man. It's like, okay, that makes no sense. Um, In the second half, Spider-Man is is Spider-Man. He can stand on his own two feet and even his hands if he wanted to and carry anything. And then you start seeing what they're doing. Like, we're going to make a black, what's it called? Black Cat, Silver Marble, whatever the hell our name is, movie, team-up movie. Or maybe we're not. And, oh, you know Morbius, the vampire? Yeah, you guys know Morbius? Yeah, with Jared Leto? Oh, yeah, we're making a solo movie about him. And remember Venom? Oh, yeah, the sequel's coming out because you guys were idiots and gave us all this money to see it. <coughs> Excuse me. And I just think we're seeing it again. There's this golden opportunity, this really big open window to take Spider-Man and have creators that understand and respect the character take it to levels and and really carry the MCU going forward. And I think you're just seeing with these comments from you, Pascal, alone, that Sony does not understand. that they, They haven't learned. You know nothing, Sony, to quote the redhead from Game of Thrones. And that's a shame. And I think you are going to see a, when the picture deal is up with Marvel, I just have this gut feeling that they're going to pull the character back and say, hey, thanks, Marvel, for establishing the number one ingredient in this recipe. Now we're going to take Tom Holland back and the Spider-Man character, even though we should probably keep doing this partnership because it's benefiting all of us and give you more tools to do the job even better. But we're going to take it back and then you'll get your Spider-Man Venom crossover uh, with Tom Hardy and what have you, and it just totally fuck up the character again. Um, I hope I'm wrong, um, but it's Sony. I don't trust these people. It's the same boat. I put them in the same boat with that Fox used to be in with the Fantastic Four and the X-Men movie rights as they had, and we saw what happened. We talked about last week with Dark Phoenix and how much of a shit show that is. So, um, again, hope I'm wrong. I just want kick-ass Spider-Man everything. I want... Because Spider-Man's rogue gallery is up there for me as number two 
right behind Batman. And they could just do so much cool stuff. There's so many characters we haven't seen. It's not all Green Goblin, you know, even though, I mean, William Defoe's Green Goblin, you can make some argument if that was done right or correctly. I mean, I guess at the time, I mean, context is king, right? You got to keep an eye on what the landscape was currently. And even though he looked like a washed up Power Rangers villain with his costume, it's still... There's still so much to be done and can be done for this character and, and deserves that justice and what have you. So we'll see what happens. But speaking of just excitement, and this has just been a great year for pop culture and, and, and geek and nerds. Um, between Game of Thrones, even though that was a complete letdown, and uh, I think I might do a segment on the podcast in the next couple of weeks when things are a little bit more kind of settled down. I, I really want to try to do a script on it and, and get my thoughts down with Game of Thrones. But clearly, season eight was not, I think we all can agree, was kind of a letdown um, in terms of Game of Thrones and, and what it has always brought to the table. Uh, for me personally, again, Endgame was not a disappointment. It was it, it lived up to the billing and was incredible. And now we keep it going with Stranger Things, which has become a very, very... Has carved its own little soft spot in my heart as a show. It's that 80s nostalgia. And they do rip some stuff, and that's okay. It's It works the way they do it. So we did get a new Stranger Things trailer uh, for the upcoming Season 3, which premieres on July the 4th. And of course, it premieres on 4th of July. What better way to celebrate our Independence Day as a nation than me waking up at the butt crack of dawn on said holiday and start streaming the crap out of this because that's what's going to go down. Um, I cannot wait for this. First two seasons, I've always in, I've really enjoyed them. And this trailer does nothing to quell that hype for me. Uh, it, it is definitely a little more action-oriented and... I'm curious because I don't think this has been confirmed to be the last season. I think they're going to try to milk this a little bit more, which could be a bad thing. We'll see. But my biggest thing watching this that, you know, I, I, I kind of want to put words to is that uh, this is some crazy shit happened to this small town, right? You got a fucking alien from another dimension in the trailer. They showcase this monster entity from the upside down taking over a new host in the trailer looks cool looks great the military gets involved you know huge town lockdown that things of that nature so it's like whoa, the scale the scope is getting really big and that's terrific but if you look at all the shit that's happened to these people when is something going to when are the consequences going to take shape like, people have to die, right? Like, some of these main characters, I understand they're children for the most part, even though in these trailers they look old as fuck. You gotta start having some fallout from this. Like, there's gotta be some major characters that kind of, you know, pass away from these events. Like, you... It goes back to the George R. R. Martin quote, which I... When I heard it, it's like, fuck, that makes total sense. Why didn't I think of it? You cannot keep putting these characters in the, some of these most dangerous situations ever to heighten the meter of like oh fuck tense intensity right and keep having them come out of said situation unscathed a lot of writers do this and it makes zero fucking sense um, it just doesn't work that way you need to keep the audience on their toes with that weird you know how it is like and i hate to go back to game of thrones but i think most recently they're the show that i can recall that i've watched that got it right where you are watching it and 
you have that feeling like in the pit of your stomach or in the back of your head, take your pick, maybe a combo of both, where you're like, fuck, anyone can get it at any time. And when they do it, you won't see it coming and it will be done in a very satisfactory way that just hits home for you. Um, Not every show can do the latter two options that I laid out, but you got to keep the audience on their seat and invested like shit can hit the fan at any moment like this, like people can fucking die. So when they get into these situations, you feel this sense of intensity and, and almost dread, if you will, of what's going to happen. So that's kind of one thing about Stranger Things. I think it's been kind of missing for me a little bit and we'll see what they do with this upcoming season. But I hope they kind of do that. It's I'm tired of like Eleven and Mike and Will and all these cast of characters that are that they've taken the time to, you know, explain to us and explain their arcs and and for us to get to know and love and nothing happens to them at all. It's like okay, guys, it's getting a little like uh, this is this is definitely beyond fairy tale. So we'll see what happens, but still very excited for this season. I'm sure a lot of people are as well. Now moving on to our next topic. I want to talk about The Boys. Uh, This is a show that is coming up uh, out on Netflix, Netflix original, or not Netflix, sorry, an Amazon original, I believe, uh, I think in the summer, if I remember correctly. So they also had a trailer that came out, and it it looks kind of cheesy in some moments, but it works. At one point, you have What's-His-Face, that guy played Judge Dredd, not Sylvester Stallone. Oh, God, what is his name? It's escaping me now. Um, as the butcher, the main character, the leader of the boys, grab a baby that's shooting lasers out of its eyeballs. It's just insane and it's amazing. And that's what the boys is to me. And as a graphic novel, it's been out, I mean, shit, 15, 20 years now, I think. If I remember correctly, maybe a little bit, give or take a few years. So I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, I'm still excited. There are some cornball moments, but I'll, I'll, I'll dig it either way. Um, my thing with this that made the boys so special to me was that at the time it came out as a graphic novel, there was really nothing like it. And you had a creator who took the idea of superheroes and really turned them on their head where I think realistically you had a situation where most, if not all of these superheroes have to be watched by some kind of entity like who watches the Watchmen, but also that most of these superheroes, these these individuals with extraordinary gifts are freaking assholes. Like they are just pieces of shit and they're abusing of their power and you know they work for a corporation that somewhat oversees them a little bit but not too much so it's things of that nature that made the boys so unique now keep in mind the boys was created i believe very very early 2000s so it was a different political climate than we find ourselves in currently so i'm very curious to see if they set the show back in that time frame or if they are going to adapt it for today's time and how that works, because it's very ultra-violent. I can see the headlines now if they stick to it of like, the boys is a shallow, violent, uh, testosterone fest. Kotaku. It's like, ah, go fuck yourself. So, <laughs> with that said, there's also certain story elements that I don't want to touch on in the fear of spoilers that they may or may not adapt in the show. I just don't want to fuck anything up for anybody. But there are some certain things that they do in the show or in the excuse me, in the in the graphic novel that would be very, very uh what's the word? Taboo to uh put on television for today's audiences. That's all I'm gonna kind of go too much on that realm. Um, for example, there is a certain individual they introduce that likes to have fun by fornicating with um anything and everything that has a 
orifice or a hole, if you will. And it's very over the top and very like, what the fuck? But it fits the world of the boys in in the graphic novel that they introduce and when they, they set the universe out. I don't know if you can do that on TV, um, especially in today's climate. And I'm very curious to see how they handle the certain things like that or if they're like, fuck it, we're going to stay true to the source material and whatever happens, happens. That's the method I prefer they do. Um, and I get you have to modernize certain things for today's audiences because uh, back then there's some shit that seemed cool but is completely outdated now and doesn't really add up. So that's I'm just curious to see how they handle that. But yeah, The Boys is coming out and um, Carl Urban, that's his name. That's the main lead. But other than that, it looks great. I'm excited for it. So, um, oh man, this is going to be some fucking good television coming up here in the next few months. Uh, moving on to our next topic as well on today's episode. Let's talk about Red Sonja. I don't know about this movie now. Um, Originally, Red Sonja was planned to get a reboot by good old Brian I Do Not Touch Kids singer, um, a.k.a. a piece of shit. And uh, thankfully, they made the decision after much backlash to get rid of his ass. So they brought on officially Jill Soloway, who's known for, I believe, the writer and director of Transparent, another Amazon exclusive show. And I'm was trying to look to see if they have a, a scheduled shooting date. I didn't see anything, um, no word on the script. So I don't know if she's rewriting it or touching up the current one that singer and his team did or how that's going to work. But it's, I guess I should say this is probably more industry note than anything else. But my point being is Conan as a character, as a universe, as an IP and Red Sonia falls into that is so freaking cool. It's like, you can do so much with that. And the fact that no one has been able to take the reins of it and figure it out and modernize it and, and do something in today's audiences is beyond me. Um, I hope this is good. I have no expectations at the moment for this. And we'll see what happens. There's a lot of ground to cover. We'll see if even Jill Soloway is even director slash writer when this thing comes closer to production and see how that goes. But yeah, I'm very curious to see if they are going to try to keep it more modern in in the sense of like womanhood and woman empowerment and all this other crap or are they going to do like hey, here's Red Sonia and she's a complete fucking badass and this is her arc her story it's thought out it's not just her mutilating people there's just keep it simple keep it straight to the point and reestablish the roots of the character what you think the roots are and just make a kickass movie that's fun that has some depth and keep it again keep it simple i don't want to hear about road sonya freaking connected universe please like baby steps people baby steps now moving on to our last and final topic of today's episode a goodie oh keanu so this is coming directly from um direct films a reputable sort i think in the industry they've been kind of killing it lately they've been on a a pretty good tear as far as their rumors and news and things of that nature so they are reporting that yes indeed a new matrix set of films is on track filming will start early 2020 in chicago and the wischkowskis are set to return to direct the film is being the first film is being written by zach penn and starring michael b jordan uh, he's still attached to uh be in the film now, no word yet. Is this a reboot? Is he going to play Neo? Is this uh, set X amount of years after the original trilogy? Things of that nature and all this stuff. And so this comes out. And for the most part, from the comments, I'm seeing a lot of people are like, oh, this is fucking great. This is awesome. I'm trying to think how I can say this as 
not delicately. Fuck that. That's yeah. That's usually not what I do. Um, I'm gonna be honest with my initial feels of this. Why? Why God? Why are you doing this? Um, please don't be a reboot. I mean, the the first original Matrix, as we know, is a classic of a film. The latter two sequels, ugh, rough to say the least. And that's me being kind. There are some redeeming qualities about the second one. The third one, a tiny bit, but nothing, you know, it's nothing compared to the first one. So the fact that anyone is going to give the Wachowskis a big-ass budget to make a proper set of sequels or a reboot or whatever it is they decide to do is beyond me. What the fuck have they done that makes you say, oh, boom, they are the right caretakers for this franchise? Because what, out of three movies, they made one that was amazing and the other two are, ugh. Come on, what are we doing here? Like, you have a great franchise uh, uh, that could be so much more. You could take it in a lot of different directions. I don't even think you should do movies with them, personally. I think you should just make a deal with Netflix or HBO and, and strike a new series. But anyone, the, the amount of money that would be required to make a proper, uh, anything proper in the Matrix universe, like, let's be honest here. Do you really trust the Wachowskis and their track record of the past, what, 15 years to do anything great? Have you seen a fucking Speed Racer? Huh? Remember the Atlas movie with Tom Hanks and Halle Berry? Oh, yeah. Do you guys remember that? Oh, you don't because no one saw it. Because it was a stinking pile of crap. And how could I forget their next, uh, what was supposed to be their next great franchise where all these assholes that they're friends with or are getting paid by the studio came out with their little clip notes version. The next great IP from the Wyskowskis. The next great series since, ooh, The Matrix. Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> Avon Mila Cunha's is the lead. That didn't. That wasn't a good idea. Oh, you guys did. You guys didn't think that. You thought that was gonna work. Oh, I wonder why. Oh my goodness. Why in God's name are these people like? Who who is making these decisions? Do they? They must own the IP. That has to be it. They have to own it somehow, some way. It cannot be owned by Warner Brothers. Or there's some kind of split of ownership, and it puts the onus on. WB to run it by the Wiskowskis and say, okay, we want to do X, Y, and Z with the franchise. You guys get first dibs. That has to be it. They have to own something. Or, like, if that's the case, then you're Wiskowskis. Why don't you just, like, that's when creators are not honest with themselves anymore and they're trying to chase that dream of, of fame and uh, street cred that they once had. This is a great example of this. And they just can't let go. Just be an executive producer on it. Get your little check about it. Put it in the hands of some other creator that is more passionate about it, that wants to go back to it, that has a cool idea, and kind of go from there. But this is just like, ugh. They are going to ruin this shit. Even Michael B. Jordan, if he stays on as casting, is not going to save this movie, people. That is just an absolute... That's a Haven podcast guarantee. <laughs> oh, we should put that on t-shirts. Oh. Oh, we got the Danny Domus line. We got a Haven Podcast Guarantee t-shirt. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we got the Halos Like Herpes check. Oh, man, we got... I got to start merching. Oh, my goodness. These things write themselves. But, anywho, guys. That is going to do it for me on this week's TV and movie-focused episode of the Haven Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed making it for you, as usual. And if you would kindly... Um, if you like what you hear, even if you're about it, um, and you want to help uh, the podcast grow and and get on a bigger level, 
which I always appreciate. A couple ways you can do that. One, share it with friends and family, if you would kindly. And also rate, comment, subscribe, review, rate, all that bullshit on your podcast listening platform of choice. And then also, as important, get involved. Send, send some questions over to me so I can have a dialogue conversation with you guys about what you want to hear. And it could be about this, it could be about anything that we cover on the episodes. Um, <clears throat> and you can do that by sending in your email questions to thehavenpc at gmail.com. Or if you're more of an audio type of guy or gal, you can click on the link in the description for an anchor little link um, to send me an audio question. And then also we are on the Instagram as well. And then I do stream from time to time over on Mixer. Um, I have not been doing that of late. And the reason is, and this is what's called feedback, people. I noticed when I was doing my audio or my recordings on stream for like some of the games I was playing, there was this really god awful like back pitch. So I'm trying to figure that out via Google. Like what is causing that? Is it like my microphone, my headset, something of that nature, something with my settings and it has just been a shit show. And then you go with work and just actual life and you just start getting backed up of streaming and everything. And then I still have a form of PTSD when I see that damn number of like someone pops in, pops out. And it's like, well, because they don't got, I don't got my titties showing. Is that the problem? Is that why you don't want to stay? Is that why you don't want to see me stream? Um, and things of that nature. But no, I'm, I'm hoping with the move, like I said, I've kicked around the idea of this Superman type of recording booth. That I'm very excited. I am little by little making sketch drawings of it in dimensions. I'm very excited to get this thing built. And if it just gives me an excuse to feel like Clark Kent changing into the Superman uniform, I will. Oh my God, that'd be so exciting. I just want it for that moment. That's worth all the work and time it will take to build that just for that. And that is a Haven podcast guarantee. <laughs> Anywho, you guys. So that's going to do it for me. Um, again, hope you guys enjoyed it and, and what have you. Um, I'm trying to think what we got on tap coming in in the next couple weeks or so. Then I'm going to try to spotlight a little bit. Um, I'm definitely going to be, um, I'm going to try to kind of put some like coherent thoughts together in regards to a little game that I started up last night uh, called Hollow Knight on Xbox. It's over on Game Pass. And I am just in love with this game right now. It is so much fun. And for anyone on Game Pass, please check it out already. It's a Metrovania style. I'm a couple hours in, but... I, it's just one of those games you play it just at least for me it instantly puts its hooks in you and you are just in love with everything you're doing and it's so fun and it, it's it takes a concept an idea or a form of gameplay i should say and modernize it a little bit but puts their own little their own little seasoning on it to make it better or make it their own thing i should say and what have you and we have that um i'm going to talk about some borderlands i think too we've been playing that from the handsome collection um so I'll have some thoughts and ideas and feels on that on this week's episode or weekly video game episode hit. So with that said, you guys take care and I will talk to you all this upcoming Friday. <laughs>